0: Welcome to Star Trek Age of Discovery. I'm Adele Austin Anderson. And I'm Gary Anderson. And we're a married couple who are longtime fans of Star Trek. This week, we're breaking down A Moral Star, Part 1, the Season 1, ninth episode of Star Trek Prodigy. We'll summarize the plot of the episode and share our observations. We'll end the podcast with the most recent Star Trek news. Before we begin... Please remember, our analysis contains spoilers, so if you haven't yet watched the episode, you may want to do so before listening to our comments. Now, Gary, let's start off with the synopsis for A Mortal Star Part 1.
1: Sure. The episode begins where the previous one left off, as Rock Talk talks about how she managed to save the ship and the crew using information and advice from her crewmates and Hollow Janeway. The others congratulate her and recognize how they seem to have come together as a crew.
0: Dahl leans against a deactivated copy of Dreadnought and accidentally knocks it over. This sets off a recording of the Diviner who orders them to return to the prison colony Tars Lamora with the Protostar within one day or he would kill the remaining enslaved miners on the planet.
1: The crew realizes the ship only has enough power for one more proto-warp jump. However, there is not time for them to jump to a Federation base to get help and then go to the prison colony. So they either must disregard the Diviner's threat or return to Tars Lamora to gain the freedom of the enslaved miners.
0: Most of the crew decide they must return to the prison colony. But as acting captain, Dahl is not convinced. In a private conversation with Gwen, he tells her he would go back to the Tars Lamora, to Tars Lamora if it were just him. However, he was concerned for the safety of his crewmates and their ability to pull off a high risk plan that might lead to all but Gwen being enslaved again. Gwen reminds Dahl he need not try to solve the problem on his own. Instead, they should all work together.
1: Under Dahl's leadership, the Motley crew make plans and train to secure the freedom of the enslaved miners. As an indication of their transformation into a crew, they now all sport Starfleet uniforms and comm badges. After they ready themselves for their journey, they use the proto-warp drive to jump to tars Lamora.
0: The diviner is pleased to see his daughter has returned with the protostar and decides to revise his condition for the release of the miners. Besides taking control of the protostar, he insists Gwen must go with him even though Dreadnought warns that this will be a mistake. The others balk at the demand, but Gwen tells them it's the only way they can ensure the miners' freedom. She tells her father she will go with him if her protostar crewmates can use the, the, the diviner ship, the Rev-12, to transport the miners off the planet. Her father agrees to those terms and orders the electronic shackles to be removed from the enslaved miners.
1: Gwyn joins the Diviner in Dreadnought on the Protostar. The Diviner destroys Gwen's comm badge and has Janeway reprogram so she willingly answers only to him. However, before they leave, the Diviner orders the destruction of the Rev-12 generators, which will compromise the planet's atmospheric shields and gravitational stabilizers. No one on the planet can survive long under these conditions. When Gwen objects, the diviner said he just promised he would provide a ship, not their lives. As the protostar leaves the planet's orbit, Dahl and his crewmates float helplessly into space.
0: Gwen asked her father why it was so important for him to take her with him when he had previously decided to leave her for dead in order to gain control of the protostar. The diviner said the protostar was more than a ship, for it was their salvation. However, he now understands Gwen held deeper meaning for him, since she is a part of him. Willing to share the full truth behind his machinations, Gwen knelt before him so they can engage in a mind meld. However, after they connected, the diviner realized she was hiding something from him and knocked her away. Dregnock discovers the protocore has been taken and the Diviner recognizes his daughter's culpability in the scheme.
1: Back on Tars Lamora, we learn Dahl and his crewmates fully expected to be double-crossed by the Diviner and had prepared a plan to counter his evil scheme. Murph had swallowed the protostar core and the crew had concealed the seemingly indestructible creature inside a replica of Zero. The real Zero had been hidden uh, in a case of an emergency, in an evacuation thruster pack so the crew could put them on move, uh, and move around without gravity. Dal ordered Jankum, Rock, and Murph to restore the power to the ship while he and Zero were to gather the miners for departure. At the episode's end, Dal hoped Gwyn could buy them enough time for their plan to work.
0: Wow, so Gary, I really enjoyed this episode, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not dumbing down my criticism uh, because it's a kids' show. I really thought that this was an entertaining episode.
1: Yeah, I thought it was too, and I, th- and I thought it paid off on everything that we had seen up to that point in regards to what the, what the, the crew had gone through, who they had been when they first left Tars Lamora, yes. and who they were now.
0: So let's delve a little bit deeper into the episode. In A Moral Star Part One, we finally see what direction the joyride through the Delta Quadrant has been heading. Everything has been focused on forging these disparate alien beings into a cohesive crew. Throughout all of the creatures and situations Doll, Gwen, Rock, Todd, Zero, and Murph have encountered since escaping, Each experience has helped them to learn three important lessons. One, they are more successful when working together and relying on each other to achieve a shared objective. Two, they understand that being open and honest is the best way to build relationships. And three, they found out that showing compassion, empathy, and support for others is never a weakness.
1: This growth in character happens just in time because as they are confronted with an offer from a very person they've been seeking to escape, Solemn the Diviner. Through a holographic message projected from Dreadnought's 2.0's head, the Diviner offers to release all of his prisoners, called the Unwanted, in exchange for the Protostar's return.
0: The Protostar's crew are given their own no-win scenario. They can't trust the diviner will keep his word. At the same time, they can't allow the innocent to suffer when they might have a chance to free them. The crew knows they have only one moral choice, return to the mining prison, or the miners will pay the price. The last thing any of them wants to do is return to Tars Lamora and face the diviner again, and yet, it shows courage that they decide to do just that.
1: But they don't just go back as the people they were before. The fact that they return now wearing Starfleet uniforms indicates they realize they make a good team who is prepared to face the Diviner together.
0: Each member of the Protostar crew shows how much they've changed. Rocktock has new confidence about herself. Dahl is no longer the impulsive young fool so desperate to escape that he could that he thought he could fly a freight vehicle into orbit in episode 1. His indecision in the current episode about returning is a heartfelt dilemma when faced with a no-win situation, which is why he compares it to the Kobayashi Maru.
1: Gwen has also evolved into someone who understands that true loyalty is earned by those who are willing to make sacrifices on her behalf. Her former blind obedience to Solomon is used to explain her willingness to play the sacrificial lamb when the the diviner changes the conditions of the bargain and demanded she stay aboard with him on the protostar. The successful ruse both distracts Solomon and dis- demonstrates how much Gwen's character has changed since they escaped Tars Lamora.
0: Realizing that once Solemn has what he wanted, Dahl and the others know they cannot depend upon him keeping his part of the bargain. So their, their plan had to play out like an Ocean Eleven's heist or one of the Mission Impossible schemes. Solom could be defeated by using his own greed as a distraction to undermine his double dealing.
1: Every piece of their plan showed what they learned from their previous adventures. The vehicle replicator was used to create the decoy Zero. They used the ship's transporter to beam their equipment and the real Zero down to tars And Murph's indestructible body was essential to concealing the stolen protostar core from the diviner and dreadnought.
0: The crew's growth in A Moral Star Part 1 is a reaffirmation of the Starfleet principles Hollow Dangway has been encouraging them to embrace. Before they head back to the mining prison, she tells her crew,
1: I just want to say, I know you never thought you were Starfleet material, but today, You're risking everything on a seemingly impossible mission to save others, to bring hope to a hopeless cause. Nothing's more Starfleet than that.
0: Her acknowledgement is the clearest evidence that this crew is ready to meet any challenge in front of them.
1: Finally, it's great to get more of John Noble in this episode as Solomon, the diviner. The diviner is a manipulative monster, as Gwen mentioned several times, but he's a very clever one. The diviner is also a multifaceted character. His sudden desire to have Gwen stay with him is an unexpected move. But let's be clear, Solemn is the villain of this piece. Mm-hmm. And like all strong villains, he is a compelling presence and his motivations are multi-layered even if we still haven't yet learned all of his secrets.
0: If the second half of this two-parter is as strong as the first, a moral star will be a fitting mid-season ending for the newest part of the Star Trek franchise.
1: Yeah, I really do believe that. I mean, this is really strong. So I can't wait for the other 10 episodes now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, when you think about it, Usually the first season isn't as strong as subsequent seasons, but they're really starting off really strong with this first season. Yeah,
1: and we're only halfway through, well, almost halfway through. We still got one more episode before they take another break. Mm -hmm. And then we got 10 more episodes after that. So I'm really excited about what's coming this way from Prodigy. Definitely. So uh, let's move into some questions that are still posed to us following this episode. Um, the first part of a Moral Star left quite a few questions to be answered in episode 10 and in the subsequent 10 episodes following that. First among them has to be the liberating of the prisoners on Tars Lamora. We need to know how that goes.
0: Despite the Diviner's attachment to Gwen, we should remember he did create a new clone. That's right. Did they bring the new pro- progeny on board the protostar? Or leave it on Tars Lamora.
1: We're going to find out pretty soon, mm. I think. What is at the basis of Solomon's obsession with the Protostar? Does it have to do with the near extinction of his of his own species, the the Vol-Nikot? Um Does it have any possible relationship to Dahl's parents? Mm.
0: Will Dahl and the crew be able to pilot the Rev Twelve and go after the Protostar? Without Hollow Janeway to guide them?
1: That's right. I mean, when you think about it, this will be the first time they'll be piloting a ship without some kind of, you know, holographic assistance.
0: Right.
1: Will Dreadnought's reprogramming of Hollow Janeway be irreversible, or did Gwen prepare for something like that and write a contingency code into the system? Oh, yeah. Or did Dreadnought's version of Hollow Janeway just be a pre-designed... Disguise when you think about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see because again, they know that uh, before they actually did reprogram Jane Way. Right. So They've done it, it
1: twice before, and they
0: knew that you know that Solomon was probably going to get the protostar. So why not put in another program for Jane Way so that it's really their program? The right, you know, doll and his crew's program, not. Uh, Solemns or dreadnoughts program. Yeah, I
1: mean, because she's looking pretty goth when you think
0: about it.
1: You <laughs> <know>. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, like, whoa, all the color go out of her face yes, and whatnot. You
0: know, yes. wonder should be. Dr- Although I do not like the stereotype that you know when you're evil, mm. you're darker. That's true. And That's and, true. and so I would say that was my only criticism about it. Yeah. I'd be, mean, why didn't you just make her paler? You know, yeah, instead yeah. of making her darker. Yeah.
1: Well, Well, all I know is she looks like she drinks blood now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Gary, let's talk about some Star Trek news. Sure. Doug Jones is going to receive an award. Again? Yes. Award-winning actor Doug Jones, whose legendary characters have been created beneath masterful makeup and prosthetics and sitting hours in a chair, has been named the recipient of the inaugural The Chair Award from the Makeup Artists and Hairstylists Guild.
1: Oh, wow. The chair award will be presented by actress Sinequa Martin-Green, Jones's co-star on Star Trek Discovery. The Makeup Artists Awards Gala honors outstanding achievements of both makeup artists and hairstylists in motion pictures, television, commercials, and live theater, and will be held on Saturday, February 19th 2022 at the Beverly Hilton Hotel. The announcement was made um, this weekend by Julie Sokash, president of IATSE's Local 706.
0: Now let's talk about David Gerald. Gerald, a novelist and screenwriter, is the 2022 winner of the Robert A. Heinlein Award. The award is bestowed for outstanding published works in science fiction and and technical writings that inspired the human exploration of space. This award is in recognition of Gerald's body of work including his emphasis on young adult space travel novels and his inspired creations for Star Trek. His latest novel Hello was published in 2020 and it's about space colonization and written for young adults.
1: Gerald is probably best known to Star Trek fans as a screenwriter for um, the Star Trek original series, season two episode, The Trouble with Tribbles, the animated series episodes, More Trouble, More Trub- Tribbles, <laughs> and Them. The nonfiction books, The World of Star Trek, and The Trouble with Tribbles. The Heinlein Award will be formally presented during the opening ceremony of the Balticon 56 conference on Friday, May 27th. Balticon will take place at the Renaissance Baltimore Harbor Place Hotel, as long as the event can be held safely with COVID protocols in place. Gerald will participate in the Balticon program across Memorial Day weekend.
0: Next, let's talk about Star Trek. Picard's future.
1: Yeah, there's some big news about that.
0: Well, kind of big news. Well,
1: maybe news.
0: Maybe... Maybe
1: not news. (laughs) Maybe it's just rumors.
0: Rumors. The latest issue of the UK's SFX magazine features a 10-page article on the upcoming season of Picard. The article caused a little bit of a stir when Patrick Stewart said he was now shooting season three and only had a few episodes left before the series finale. Of course, Stewart had always said he would only do three seasons of the series. Yep. However, some fans thought it had been decided there would be no spin-offs from the show.
1: The assumption is not true. Uh, no decision has yet been made regarding the future of Picard-related projects. Uh, we're sure that probably will depend upon how well the second and third seasons of Picard plays with audiences and whether the, a character or two can emerge that would be worthy of a Viacom CBS investment in a spin, spinoff series. He, I, I think we've got some some good characters that could potentially oh yeah. be, and, and some that could be brought into the mix as well.
0: Definitely. If you are interested in reading the SFX article on Picard, you can order a print or digital copy of the latest issue of the magazine from their website or through magazinesdirect.com. Season 2 of Star Trek Picard will premiere on March 3rd with Season 3 expected sometime during 2023. Until then catch up on all the action of Star Trek Picard season one available to stream now on Paramount Plus. What?
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. All right. Next up, hey kids, hey collectors, we got toys. <laughs> After a twelve year hiatus, Playmate Toys garnered a new licensing arrangement, one which would allow them to explore the universe of Star Trek Discovery and other new franchise adventures with much acclaimed and award-winning attention to detail. Now Playmates has released the first images of what fans can expect when their next generation of Star Trek toys hit shelves later this year.
0: The first wave of the five-inch action figures paid tribute to three different generations of Starfleet heroes. Here are the groupings you will find.
1: Number one, Kirk, Spock, and Khan from Star Trek The Wrath of Khan.
0: Second, Picard, Data, and Riker from Star Trek The Next Generation.
1: Third, Burnham and Saru from Star Trek Discovery.
0: The legacy figures also feature nostalgic packaging With retro-style blister cards, while figures linked to the new shows will be packaged on a new Star Trek Universe blister card.
1: Also included in this first release are two collectibles from Star Trek The Original Series, an 18-inch replica of the original USS Enterprise NCC-1701, and a Type 2 Phaser.
0: All items from this first new Playmates release are currently available for pre-order at entertainmentearth.com with expected shipment in July and will appear in stores later this fall. Wave 2 is expected to release in 2023 with a preview expected later this year.
1: And finally, in Star Trek news, we have some more award nominations. Now in its 10th year, the Queer Tea Awards recognizes the best in LGBTQ culture and media. For the 2022 awards, Star Trek Discovery's Dr. Hugh Culber, Wilson Cruz, and Lieutenant Commander Paul Stamets, Anthony Rath, have been nominated in the best on-screen romance category. Queer T Awards winners will be announced in late February.
0: So in closing... Next week, we will return with a review of the second part of the Star Trek Prodigy Cliffhanger episode, A Moral Star. In addition, we would like to remind you to share a link to Age of Discovery with people you know who enjoy Star Trek as well. And until that time...
1: Like, subscribe, and follow Star Trek Age of Discovery on Twitter at Star Trek AOD, on Facebook, at our website StarTrekAOD.net, where we offer additional articles on Star Trek canon, interesting sidebar issues, and other aspects of the show. Also, email the show at aod at gmail.com. But until then...
0: Live long and prosper.